We'd like to thank our podcast sponsors for supporting our programs. Here's a quick message. Attention independent pharmacy owners. It's time to take your pharmacy to the next level with Real Value RX, your trusted partner in pharmaceutical wholesale. With next day nationwide shipping, generous credit terms and net pricing, and an impressive catalog of over 5,000 NDCs, including C2 through C5 controls, managing your finances and meeting customers' needs is easier than ever. Our sales consultants are here to provide product insight, maximize prescription profitability, introduce new items, and equip you with marketing materials that can substantially increase your bottom line. Real Value RX partners with EasyScript RX, a software company that provides real-time benefits checks, refill optimization, and identifies profitable and cost-effective medication options. Don't wait any longer. Call us today and let Real Value RX help your pharmacy reach new heights of success. Real Value RX, where your success is our priority. Learn more by going to our website, realvalurx.com. That's realvalurx.com. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. week in pharmacy i want to welcome uh two special guests this is good this is um an amazing time i think of the word collaboration i think of our pharmacists our physicians our nurse practitioners our specialists who concentrate on different conditions disease states i love technology if anyone listens to this week in pharmacy or any of the podcasts you know that we wrap technology into this so we have a mashup episode today that's really about collaboration, about technology, about understanding the uh, trials and tribulations and obstacles of advancing pharmacy care and healthcare in general. Um, welcoming to This Week in Pharmacy, Dr. Charles Bell and Andrea Corner. I am so excited that both of you are here, uh, Dr. Bell. Um, I'm going to start with you and just say hello to our, our uh, podcast listeners. Hello, I'm uh, Dr. Charles Bell, and I'm uh, really excited about uh, participating in this and um, looking forward to uh, sharing experiences and uh, knowledge um, as we uh, progress through this podcast. Excellent. Andrea, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and see where this conversation mm -hmm. leads. And I, I hope that uh, it reaches the listeners and uh, we can make a good impact here. I think of the systems and technology that really support our organization, our pharmacists. Um, I'm a, That's where I actually entered pharmacy was tech. Mm -hmm. And I was telling Dr. Bell before we uh, press the record button that um, an organization called Meditech is special to me because it's one of the APIs that we wrote from a pharmacy management system dedicated to long-term care pharmacy called Framework LTC. Um, they're still out there in institutional pharmacy. And that's one of the first that I understood what that meant. Um, and for listeners that might not understand, that is a software interface that goes between one system to the next. And, um, you know, Dr. Bell, if you stay in healthcare uh, longer than three to five years, you always start crossing bridges 
that you might have walked across uh, years ago. And I don't, of course, have to tell you this when we've when we started the the conversation about your background, but share your history in in how you got into healthcare uh, with our pharmacy podcast nation. Well, um, I actually got into healthcare after getting my undergraduate degree at Rider University years ago in biology. Turned right around and went to Temple University School of Pharmacy and got my bachelor's degree. At the time when I went to pharmacy school, the PharmD program um, had not evolved. Um, so that gives you a little idea how long ago that was. And so I came out uh, with experience as a, com a compounding pharmacist in retail and uh, did research um, at, with a Merkin company for several years before I finally um, went uh, on to medical school, uh, Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. And I worked as a pharmacist all through uh, medical school. So uh, I've done just about every aspect of pharmacy except uh, sales and um, including quite a bit of research. And um, so the pharmacy aspect of my career has been uh, front and center all the way, all the way through, including um, my experience as um, residency in internal medicine and critical care and practice in, uh, inten in intensive care medicine and critical care medicine um, and progressing to um, hospitalists, but always keeping that background as a pharmacist uh, front and center, very close to my experience um, as a physician and how it uh, interplayed with the team. And I love the fact that you used the word collaboration because that's the biggest part of what um, it has taken for me and that, that I see that it will take. And so my background uh, as a pharmacist has always played an important role in collaborating in what I do as a physician working with um, multiple disciplines in, um, in hospital systems. Andrea, how'd you get into healthcare and, and get involved with, with Meditech and, and Seracor? Sure. So I actually, uh, Dr. Bell, I don't think I told you this, but I actually uh, graduated from a pharmacy school in Erie, Pennsylvania called LECOM, uh, <laughs> Lake, Erie, uh, Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine. So uh, I graduated there in 2005 and worked retail for a year and realized quickly that was not the path for me and uh, switched over to being a hospital pharmacist for the next five years after graduation and then came my joy and my passion of pharmacy informatics. I, uh, I was working in a small hospital in upstate New York that was changing EHRs. Uh, at the time, we had an older EHR mm -hmm. where we used to, the physicians would handwrite their med orders and we would print paper Mars. I'm sure you remember those days. <laughs> so we were implementing the new Meditech 6X and I, I was so interested in it. And so I was chosen to lead the pharmacy build for that. Uh, that was back in 2011. So that really has become my niche and my passion. And it's brought so many just really cool opportunities. I've consulted for uh, many different hospitals. Uh, I worked in the e-prescribed space with Dr. First, did some uh, med reconciliation uh, work. And, and most recently, I've have been promoted to a manager role with Sarah core. So I've been, I've been very blessed uh, in, in my path. So very grateful. 
This really is collaborative to have uh, Dr. Bell and Dr. Corner here, both pharmacist, physician, pharmacist understanding, background understanding how um, the dominoes fall and how they've changed and how they've needed to change based on technology implementation. And like you were saying, um, with paper-based um, health records and the tediousness of that and the missed opportunity to follow up on treatments based on something that was handwritten with the exhaustion that a pharmacist or physician is facing or a nurse is facing um, during their shift. And, and then of course, how that extends out to assisted living centers, um, how that extends out to other smaller hospital systems. This is a big opportunity for us to share uh, stories with our listening pharmacists out there. You're serving 450 hospitals plus, 450 plus hospitals. 4,000 plus different care settings uh, that, that you're supporting with Seracore. Um, Dr. Bell, can you describe to us uh, the function of the system, the different areas that you're that you're serving? Explain all of that to our listeners for them to understand this. Well, it's um, w what we do through Seracore is very complex. It, it touches just about every aspect uh, of the hospital system, uh, organization system, and um, so we we serve um, we serve as in a consulting role to a degree to HCA, which is our parent organization. But most of uh, what we do is uh, outward facing. It's a, it's it's not within HCA, and so it's every aspect organizationally that we get involved. Administratively, we look at the. Uh, helping organizations from the ground up as far as making a transition from a system, a legacy system that may be using, a disparate systems that they may be using, and, and tying it all together, especially moving towards um, the, the Meditech Expanse uh, system. And a lot of the knowledge and um, capabilities that we have developed over the years come from working within the 180 some hospitals that we converted from um, paper to um, basically organized um, system using Meditech, the Meditech 5 system and, and um, 5.6 and, and, and on uh, some of the facilities with six, uh, Meditech 6. But the big part of what we're looking at now is uh, really organizing and moving towards expanse, which is a whole different animal. It's it's so integrated. And, and so what we look at to get from where the organization is now to being functional with um, expanse, it takes a lot, it, there's a lot of moving parts. So it's administrative, it's every, um, it's basically every department, every aspect of organization that will experience change. And so that's that is the expertise that we bring from Seracor to help them um, through each aspect of it, not just the not just the uh, patient facing aspects of it, but um, the infrastructure as well. Andrea, talk to me about your role with the organization with Seracor. I'm so proud of pharmacists' roles. They, there's so much. There's so much change. When I came into pharmacy in 2004, in long-term care pharmacy specifically, there weren't even even half of the roles that today pharmacists 
are playing leadership roles. We see CEOs, AI development. We see uh, divisions in technology um, that they're helping to map out the blueprint writers uh, of, of better care plans. So how does your role fit into the organization and, and what do you do there as a pharmacist? Sure. So Todd, I'm, I'm actually fortunate to be working kind of two roles right now, right? So I was, I've been recently promoted to a manager role of the HCA Meditech Professional Services within Seracor. So I manage a, a small team of pharmacists and clinical resources that are assisting on this huge HCA expanse project. So that kind of leads into my other role. That's kind of where I started is was consulting and is consulting for the HCA corporate pharmacy team on this project. So I, you know, just a little bit about that project. It's it's multi-facility, multi-year. Uh, we just had our first three facilities go live this year in New Hampshire. Uh, those were our, our alpha house, our alpha hospitals, and then uh, we're currently have six beta hospitals in North Central Florida going live the end of this year, uh, early next year, and then continuing to roll out expanse and waves with a larger number of hospitals. So just to give you an idea, our, our wave one kicks off with 25 facilities in uh, late 2024. And then we'll just continue rolling it out uh, within the, the Meditech facilities. Um, it's, it, it's a huge project, it's huge. And it, it takes a lot of resources, a lot of effort, a lot of collaboration, but it's, it's a really great thing to be a part of. Dr. Bell, talk to us about about what you're doing at, at Seracor. I've read your LinkedIn profile and I'm so impressed with your background and also the fact that you are a physician and a pharmacist. Well, and, and um, that's one thing I wanted to add to what um, um, Andrea was saying is that a lot, there's a, there is very complex, but understand that our role with Seracor is to be uh, on the ground. We, we get involved with the organizations, well, with the facilities, I should more, more specifically say, with the facilities so that we understand their culture and we understand how to move them from where they are to where they can most benefit from the change um, that is that expanse will bring them. Um, a, a lot of people are familiar with Meditech, but um, this, this is not, the old version this this is there may be some things that resemble it but this is basically a new animal and something that um, each facility really will benefit from by embracing what it brings and so um to to emphasize the point the there's really a hands-on there's really um, a commingling of of what our team will do from Seracor within each of the facilities to help them make that transition so that they can um, better embrace what it is that um, Expanse offers. Um, so it, it, it really is um, a living, breathing thing, um, the whole process. And, and it is really a commingling of uh, resources to make sure that that transition happens as effectively as it can possibly happen. I think of challenges that are very specific to the hospital system environment for pharmacists and implementation of systems, which can be very disruptive. As a matter of fact, when I used to um, build um, build planning for implementation for pharmacies that were switching from one pharmacy system to the next, 
um, their technicians, their pharmacists, their administrative team, they were all pretty um, on edge. It was not a fun experience to have to disrupt. And that means you have to take care of your patients while also implementing a new technology. And I want to hear this from your perspective. Um, tell us, uh, Dr. Corner, from you know from your viewpoint, uh, you've been in the industry long enough to see this. What are the biggest challenges? Um, or in another way, um, I'm a glass half full kind of guy, the opportunities um, in front of us all within the pharmacy industry. Sure. So uh, there are, are there are many challenges, right, within our pharmacy space. I've seen a little bit of everything, but I, th I think one of the scariest things for me is the staffing shortage right now, not yeah. only with pharmacists, but in many areas, other healthcare clinicians. It's scary. Uh, because then it that increases the demands, right? And it, and the pharmacists are filling in areas that they normally wouldn't need to. They're being pulled um, in different directions. They're now tasked with more responsibilities, which can eventually lead to burnout. Uh, all that being said, I do see the opportunity in our role as as healthcare IT because we can help take some of that burden off of those cl uh, clinicians by having a more efficient EHR, right? So. Uh, less time in in front of the computer and and less clicks, so that way that they are able to take care of their patients. So, while I I do see it as a challenge, I also see it as a big opportunity on our end to help help to you know just make it better and easier for these staffing shortages that we are seeing. What about you, Charles? What do you see as a as an industry barrier? Um, that's preventing pharmacists and physicians from working better together and delivering um, the the best patient care that that's available. So there's a couple of items that I'll touch on that um, Andrea mentioned, but I'm going to start with understanding responsibilities and roles. And so if you look, for example, um, in the quote unquote good old days, as a, as a physician, I would write an order. And what happened to that was, you know, it was magical, but it got done. Well, in an electronic um, uh, health record system, electronic medical record system, more of the responsibility falls on the person that it should fall on. And that's the prescriber, that's the physician. And so understanding that you may get um, uh, a query as far as uh, something you need to answer to complete that order, uh, you can't push that down the, down the pike. And so when um, Andrea talks about burnout, let's talk about um, uh, alert fatigue, where a physician would say, I don't want all these alerts being presented to me, so let's, let's push them to someone else. Well, that someone else becomes the pharmacist. And putting on, uh, turning the brim to the, the pharmacist side, or we say, well, pharmacists are people too. And if we are giving them hundreds of more alerts a day, um, you know, when the responsibility falls on the person who's who's prescribing, who's doing the prescribing, um, then that that's where it comes back to the understanding of the responsibilities and the roles so that they're th that it doesn't contribute to burnout. It doesn't contribute to. Um, what is already a problem and what Andrea mentioned with the shortages. Everyone has to pull their weight, so to speak. And so everyone has to under their, understand the responsibility. And that's a big part of the conversations uh, that I have with uh, physicians, understanding that our role and responsibility 
um, goes beyond what we've done in the past. We've always been responsible for it, but there was always someone there be, uh, to a large degree to, to, to take up the slack, so to speak. So really understanding how everyone is positioned in the organization and how they're, um, they, they need to accept um, the challenge, accept the responsibility, um, helps um, all aspects of the, um, the um, tool to help everyone, especially the patient. I like the the term. I don't like it, but I like the fact that you used it because everybody knows exactly what we're talking about, which is alert for TIG. And I see many um, satires come out about the pressing of buttons or clicking of keys during a physician's time with a patient. And uh, shout out to Dr. Christopher Lombardo, who's my brand new uh, primary care physician. He took over for his dad, uh, Joseph Lombardo, who passed away in May of this year. Um, and he was an amazing, amazing doctor and had to have his son follow up with me. And I asked him while he was meeting with me about um, alert fatigue and click fatigue. And he's like, absolutely. And he showed me his his um, like iPad-ish type of device. And he even showed me some of the the systems that that they're using and he's like listen this is better than what it was it's getting better um and like i said i'm a very positive person so i do think it's definitely getting better um andrea what what do you think of that click um in mm -hmm. alert fatigue term and how it impacts our physicians nurses and, and even our pharmacists yeah right alert fatigue that's that's a word we hear a lot in our in our roles uh you know a bunch of warnings in your face pop-ups <laughs> clicks all that just to get an, uh, a medication order for a patient, right? And so, yes, we do see alert fatigue on the providers, but like Dr. Bell said, we also see it on the pharmacist side. They've become that catch-all. And so I think HCA actually does it right. They, they really combat this, right? So there's a couple ways that they do that. There's a product called Alert Space, and they can really customize what they want the end user to see for conflicts because sometimes they're just meaningless conflicts, right? And so let's get the end users to see what's truly, truly important so that way it's right there in their face and they're not reading the same meaningless conflict every single time. So that's one way. Um, the other way that HCA did it right is they really set up, you know, when they're going through an order and, and those interactions pop up for the providers and the pharmacists, they actually set it up so they see the exact same thing, which is really great. Uh, like Dr. Bell had stated, just allowing that provider to take more responsibility for that order uh, instead of, you know, having go through and the pharmacist is trying to track down the provider to ask questions and further uh, clarification. So, you know, the, those are addressed right right at the time of provider entering the order. So um, hopefully that will cut down some of that alert fatigue that we always hear about. So I, I would like to add one other thing. So a, a large part of um, what I talked about earlier about just being involved in the infrastructure and all this. So when we talk about the alert fatigue and all the things that Andrea was just mentioning, um, a big part of the avoidance um, comes from early involvement in the development of the workflows. So what that means is that there has to be skin in the game from the standpoint of every discipline. This includes the physicians. They need to be at the table when these things are being developed so that 
Um, they can look at a day in a life and how things work for them long before the application is deployed, long before go live. Um, this there's something that there's something that has to be that has to happen as far as that involvement, so that the feedback is such that it um, it mitigates any risk on the parts of the pharmacists, um, the part of the um, physicians and the, any other users. And so there again, all of this translates into a better service and a better product and better care for the patient. Thank you both for that because it's well thought out and in knowing that you're not callous to what our physicians, our nurses, our pharmacists are experiencing, the, the stresses and pressures on them to put out a product, which is the healthcare, which is the results of of caring for a patient and the um, the juggling between their duties and what is necessary um, to be a provider. Um, that's that's stressful in and of itself, uh, regardless, regardless of of all the clicks and 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 um an input that they have to put into a system to assure that it's done correctly based on administration. And I see it changing. And like I said, I, I see the positiveness of it coming and, uh, you know, there's no questions that doctors and nurses are, are burnout pharmacists, my goodness, uh, from the pandemic, the heroes of the pandemic, um, the pharmacists stepping up to do so much testing and so much immunizations. And we're even seeing in the national news recently where pharmacists are taking stands against um, about issues and in environments that um, that that aren't safe from their perspective, based on staffing levels, and um, there is um, there is so much evidence showing that we are in a state of change within the the pharmacy sector, the pharmacy industry. Just as I opened up uh, today's uh, this week in pharmacy, we I mentioned a little bit of the roles of pharmacists changing and how pharmacists are leading healthcare in different ways. There was a paper from UIC pharmacy uh, researchers that shows the vast majority of pharmacists are struggling with burnout and uh, advocates for organizational remedies. And I'm so proud of the University of Illinois of Chicago. They're part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. They have a special series on doctor detailing. So it was wonderful to see uh, this reference um, in our, our conversation today. I want you to talk about that, Andreas, as, as a pharmacist who's experienced um, where you started as a pharmacist, where you are today in that fast-paced environment and supporting physicians, uh, doctors, nurses. Talk to us about um, burnout today. Sure. So you're exactly right. So like when I started back in, you know, 2005, it was just a different, it, things were just different then, right? So it was a lot of... Um, a lot of uh, handwritten orders and paper mars and things like that. I, you know, there. I don't think that the burnout was there like it is now, right? And I think that that kind of falls back to uh, a, a compilation of, of of the staffing shortages. And we're we're doing more um, as pharmacists. We're you know more with the patient and and giving vaccines and you know just just all the the demands that we have as pharmacists. And, and so, you know, when I think about, um, you know, when I think about the, the burnout and, and what can we do, right? So, you know, it, it really, for me, how can I help? You know, it, it really comes down to, again, just making that EHR 
better for all of the end users and making it more streamlined and, and making sure that we've got those workflows right and and providing for for our clinicians to be able to do their job right without without having to be so stressed and, and burned out so dr bell from your perspective as well because i think you you get to see it from i mean other pharmacists, of course, see it from multiple sides, but you get to see it from multiple sides with your colleagues telling you what they're going through and what they're feeling. Yeah, so I, I will start by saying very succinctly that uh, I think that it's very misunderstood of just how knowledgeable pharmacists are. Just, you know, what you have to go through in a pharmacy program, what you have to learn. So for that first and foremost. And so with that being said, uh, when you look at I make a distinction between burnout and what I refer to as moral injury. Burnout is, um, you know, the alert fatigues and you're just, I mean, you're just getting hammered. Moral injury is the type of things is the system will give you feedback, let's say on someone's renal function. And you know that the medication that that patient is on needs to be adjusted, you know, based on their renal function. This is something that you need to have the opportunity to do as a pharmacist to contribute to that patient's care, contribute to the team, as opposed to answering um, a common question of, um, that is an alert, that is something that is someone else's responsibility. So I think that knowing both sides of that um, as a as a physician as, and as a pharmacist, those are the kind of discussions I like to have with um, with physicians to understand that the system can really help them in a situation where, yes, they're aware of the fact that they need to make an adjustment in the dose of the medication, but it's not front and center for them because there's so many other things that they're concerned about um, with that patient's care at that given, that given moment. But there's something that um, is really, um, you know, commonplace for the for the pharmacist to jump in and say, we need to make an adjustment based on the renal function. And that's where the value of that background, the knowledge and the education that um, we get as pharmacists comes into play for helping physicians. Hey, I just wanna say thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. We are dedicated to bringing a myriad and diverse amount of content to you six days a week, sometimes seven days a week. And it is all driven by pharmacists, educating pharmacists, pharmacy technicians sharing, pharmacy professionals helping to build the better and future pharmacy care model. Tune in, go subscribe on all platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, Pharmacy Podcast Network. Thank you for all that you do. Andrea, your work with Seracor, you're very involved in implementation. I mentioned the stress that comes from implementation, and much of that stress comes from poor planning. And, and we look at our technology uh, providers and vendors to, to help design new workflows and new implementation processes and training and everything that goes into that. Um, talk to us about that. What are some of those key components to keep in mind for a smooth go live and to lessen the stress? That doesn't mean that it's going to be stress-free. We absolutely, right. I remember, <laughs> I remember taking people from a DOS based system 
to a SQL-based system and a character-based system. And this was planet Mars for them in many ways. It was like, what is this? Like I'm using a mouse now instead of just using keys to click through things. Yeah. So I remember that, but talk to our- it's so uh, scary, <laughs> right? You're one day you're in this system and the next day you're in a whole other system. It's like, it is, it's scary. Change is hard, but- you know, there's there's a few things that come to mind for for smooth go lives, but I think even before we get there, I think that it's so important that their support is there with from good leadership, right? Get, getting everybody on board because you know that that change is coming, and and like I said, change is super hard for people. Um, but I think, like you said, with good planning, good communication, support there can actually be a smooth go live. Yes, there's going to be bumps and things aren't going to go right. And, you know, at the end of the day, we need to take care of our patients and that's what's important. But having a good plan, um, doing lots and lots of testing prior to go live, getting those end users involved and, and having a good training plan, training those end users, having the at elbow support is huge, right? If they don't, if there's an issue, they need to know where do I turn, right? It's, you know, where do, where do we take these issues to? And, and so, you know, having a, a command center to take those issues and let's get it fixed, right? So that at the end of the day, we are continuing to focus on our patients and taking care of our patients. Different players, uh, Dr. Bell, different people that are in charge of specific divisions, intaking information, administration, billing, prior authorization, the world of that, uh, the follow-up. There's just so much um, that probably stresses out a VP of technology or a director of technology of of a of a small hospital system or or any institution going through this. So from your perspective, um, why is it important to get everyone at the table um, well in advance to a go live? So um, it, this goes along with, again, with some of the things that um, Andrea was saying. So it's basically uh, uh, appropriate preparedness. And that goes with exposure to the system um, as it's being developed. So that's why all the disciplines need to be at the table so that they can say, no, this is what I need from the system. Where do I find that? How and 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 where is that going to where is that going to be entered? And what's the output look like? So having some familiarity with it during the course of the development or build of the system makes it much easier when it comes time to utilize it um, at go live. So it 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 really comes down to. Um, uh, appropriate preparedness and, expo uh, and appropriate exposure throughout the courses from all disciplines so that they do have a voice at the table so that they're not missing something um, or something is missed and omitted that is an integral part uh, for any part of the team that needs something. Yeah, I'll just add that, Dr. Bell, that collaboration is so important um, just to have so many different perspectives and ideas because, you know, we're always not going to get it right that first time. Um, and I think that's where optimization really comes into play after go live to continue to support the, these facilities that are live and, and pharmacies changing, continuously changing, always changing. So it's never going to be like that stagnant, you know, we're just going to remain the same all the time. You know, I mean, it's changing all the time. And and so it's just so important to just continue to learn and grow and, and remember that change is not always a bad thing. Sometimes it's hard, but there's, uh, it always brings room for growth and opportunity. 
during my right. time in selling that technology, helping to implement and plan for new workflow, I heard from pharmacists and billing and technicians. I didn't hear from a lot of physicians because that wasn't who we were really targeting. I'm sure there were some physicians that um, that tagged into the portals that were available. But Dr. Bell, you understand that as a physician yourself, as well as your colleagues uh, sharing um, how that may impact their their time and their time on the floor, their time with their patients. So what would you say to physicians today, uh, particularly as it pertains to their specific responsibility in, in making this new technology adoption uh, successful? So one thing, uh, we, we, we refer to it as new technology, but it's advanced technology. The, the newness um, really wore off about 20 some years ago when the big rollout happened with this. So I think it, it comes down to a matter of embracing change. So I, I'm sure that the vast majority of uh, physicians have an iPad or a computer or a smartphone, and they don't use it just as it is out of the box. Um, they maximize what they can get out of that tool um, based on working with it and, and basically manipulating it so that it provides them what they need. So the same can be said and the same can be done with um, the electronic medical record. When you look at Expanse, there's a lot of ways to get information in or out of that system. And you have to spend time with it and embrace the fact that I can utilize this tool, but I have to spend time with it to do that. It's not going to just be one size fits all. It's not going to be one workflow is appropriate for all. You have to take the time and see how that works for me. And that comes again with in, uh, being involved and um, taking the time to look at that well before go live. At the time when you go through your training, at the time when you're exposed to the system during the build, that's when you can start looking at how can I tweak this and make it work for me? But it's embracing the fact that the changes are coming, the change is here. And so how do I utilize the system to get the most out of this tool? Because that's what it is. It's a tool to help me to provide the services that I've been trained to provide. All right. As I mentioned, um, the role of the pharmacist, as well as our profession, the way things are being paid for, there's plate tectonics happening right now in the pharmacy profession. And it's stressful. And I'm hearing both sides. If you go out to Twitter or Instagram or even LinkedIn and you uh, put in the word hashtag pharmacists or pharmacist, and you'll bring up post after post about people that are experiencing uh, change. And when change happens and transformation happens, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stress that goes into that. But there's a lot of excitement uh, that goes into that. So, Andrea, what excites you the most about this industry right now in the future of our pharmacist and pharmacy? Sure. So it's crazy. I've been a pharmacist for 18 years, and I, it's amazing to me how much our space has evolved in that 18 years. The sky is really the limit, uh, especially right now in pharmacy informatics. It's an exciting field to get into. Uh, there's so much data and evidence-based information now to we can make better decisions uh, in regards to our patients. So I really, I really, it really excites me to see the future of pharmacy kind of taking that data and that evidence 
based information and going in a direction to provide just even better care for our patients. So um, I, I'm, I really look forward to see where, where our pharmacy space is going with that. Dr. Bell, what about you? What, what advice would you give to a future um, pharmacist uh, from your perspective as a, as a physician and leader um, who aspire to pursue a, a career in medicine? I, I would say, first and foremost, that you have to understand how critical the role the pharmacist is to this team, the overall team. Uh, I will share with you an experience that I went through as a medical student when I first started rotations in my third year of medical, medical school. The first thing I would do was look at the MAR because that I was familiar with that as a pharmacist. So um, let's fast forward and look at one of the major reasons why we even have an electronic medical um, record system. You look at, uh, you go back to Katrina where records were lost, paper records were lost. And I can tell you from the standpoint of working in internal medicine, critical care for decades that Give me two things. Give me a give me an up-to-date MAR and a good problem list. And I can tell you most of what's going on with that patient. So if we have the ability to utilize the expertise of the pharmacist to do what they need to do and have that inf information in the system and be not only an advocate of the use of the system, but also an integral part of um, the information um, highway based on the information in the system, then I think that the role of the pharmacist is huge. When you look at the transition from whatever system you're on to where you're going, the transition from a Meditech 6 or a Meditech 5X system to expanse, one of the biggest parts of it, of the transition, is what goes on with the formulary what happens within the pharmacy space. So pharmacists are an integral part of this. They're an integral part of the infrastructure of what makes this change happen positively. It's so good, Dr. Bell. I just wanna to add to that and just say like for me, my advice for, for any of those future pharmacy leaders is always kind of just bring it back, right? Like what is your why, why are you here? And for me, it's always been to improve the lives of others, whether that's, you know, the patient making life easier for provider, our pharmacists, our nurses, they're, we're going to have hard days, right? Those are, those are guaranteed that we're going to have hard days and days you want to quit. And this is too much and burnout and, and all of that. But at the end of the day, we are making such a positive impact in the lives of others and it, so just remember that, right? Just to refocus when you're having those hard days and, and why you're here. And just remember that why when you're taking care of those around you. All right. This conversation has been just incredible. I really appreciate you both, uh, Dr. Corner and Dr. Bell, champions of, of uh, patient care through technology. That's once again, this is very this is where I started. I I get this. I understand the impact. I understand the the roadway and the pathway to um, to empowering our providers. And I think of the future. So I'm going to start with you, Doctor Bell. Share with us the future of Saracor and and looking to grow as a company throughout the rest of the year and for the new year in 2024. Well, I, I can say that. 
um, it, it all starts uh, or continues from the start back um, in 2008 when the initiative was made to really organize and, and, and get HCA on a, on a singular system moving in the same direction with 160 some facilities at that time. And so what, what I see is, is um, a continued building on the foundation that was developed um, you know, back in the uh, 2008 to 2010 timeframe when this was taken on as a major change in understanding that the vision was very clear, but it's, it's not something that is stagnant. So as Andrew was saying, it's not stagnant. It continues to evolve. And so that's what I see um, as an organization. That's what I see as is the support of whether it's HCA or facilities organization outside of HCA. Is that continued building upon the foundation, the strong foundation that has been established um, for a long time now. Andrea, what are you most excited about? And what do you foresee uh, Seracore doing um, moving into the new year? Sure. So going into 2024, obviously that HCA expands project is huge. So we're supporting them uh, internally, but we're also supporting externally, you know, modernizing HRs, uh, you know, just anyone that needs that help to support their day-to-day -day IT operations. Seracore is just, is growing and I've, I've seen it growing. We actually just uh, went abroad. So there's now a Seracore International. So that's a, an exciting path too. HCA, um, you know, it's over in the UK. So, you know, we've seen that collaboration happen, which is really, really cool to be a part of as well. Um, as they continue to grow, the, our, our culture at Seracore is just so good. Uh, hands down, some of the best colleagues that I've, had the pleasure of working with just top notch. So I'm excited to be in my role and see where where uh, Seracore continues to, to grow and expand. Well, I wanna give a shout out to my Finn Partners family for bringing us this interview for This Week in Pharmacy. Thank you so much uh, to Olivia and the team over at Finn. Um, there, I don't know if anyone knows this and listening, but they're a global communications company. We have offices in 17 different countries really concentrating on nothing but healthcare specifically around um around that division and how that impacts uh, patient care and the passion that comes from that um i'm proud to be a part of that organization i'm proud of this week in pharmacy and bringing on interviews with uh with leaders in healthcare like uh like dr bell and dr corner i want to give a shout out to both of you thank you for so much for what you do every day in your work um, please make this not the last time that we talk and have you back and talk about the evolution of of things happening in tech um, but thank you dr bell uh, my pleasure and thank you for um, allowing me to be a part of this it's my life's passion andrea thank you so much for being part of this week in pharmacy i appreciate it todd thank you for having us In 1983, GeriMed continues to support independent pharmacies servicing long-term care, LTC, and LTC pharmacy medical at-home patients. Traditionally, group purchasing organizations only offer clients contract pricing on pharmaceuticals and other products. GeriMed exceeds that tradition by offering unique pharmacy programs and resources to complement our competitive contract pricing, including LTC, a Medicare Part D reimbursement network. 
GeriMed strives to be a leader in service development by actively developing programs, resources, and tools to help improve our customers' patient care. Find out how partnering with GeriMed can position your pharmacy for optimal growth and success. Visit GeriMedGSO.com. That's GeriMedGSO.com.